0: Hi folks, I'm sure, I'm pretty positive that some of you have heard about Anchor, but if you haven't, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, alright? First off, it's free. Who doesn't love free stuff, right? They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and that's a big one for a lot of us. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and well, basically almost anywhere podcast can be heard. Did I mention that you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership? Admit it, that's pretty awesome. Look, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Simply download the free Anchor app or just go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Dairy Isle Podcast. I'm your host, Eli, and I think it's time we started talking about looking back into our individual pasts. Now, for those of you who have never heard the Dairy Isle podcast, we're a Miami-based podcast hosted by yours truly, moi. Thank you, thank you, everybody, thank you. Uh, We cover a variety of topics here, Uh, urban legends, serial killers, conspiracy theories, video games, feelings and things. Uh, But for those of you who have listened to us before, welcome back, friends. everybody so before we get into looking back into our individual past because i know that can be a bit of a you know deep topic uh, we're going to go ahead and do as we always do we're going to go ahead and tackle 10 items or less all right so this is a news segment where we just kind of talk a quick bit about stuff going on in the world for those of you who are here for the first time Uh, so first off the surfside building collapse obviously horrible um this happened two weeks ago on thursday at like it was like four something in the morning uh an apartment complex or a a, a condominium it wasn't even a part i think i mean they were technically apartments but they're you know they're full condos that people live in those are their homes uh it collapsed like half the building just fell down at like four something in the morning uh it was from like i saw a video of a i think it was like a, a hotel or another apartment complex that was across from them um and it looked like the center section of the building collapsed. And then one of the side towers fell down onto it. Um, and essentially the whole thing just pancaked in on itself. There was only one half of the building that was left standing. And then they demolished that on July 4th a few days ago. Um, but it was just wild. Like, I mean, it, it's it's not a particularly old building. It was built, I think, in like 80 or 81. So I think it was up for its... Uh, or 79 or something. It was up for its 40-year recertification, uh, which is something that buildings here in Miami have to get done um, just to make sure that they're still in, you know, an operating condition and that there's nothing bad that can happen a la collapsing. Um, but this apparently, this building apparently had, like, a history of issues like, you know, really poor craftsmanship and, you know, a lack of repairs and flooding and there was seawater that was seeping into the garage and stuff like that. It was pretty terrible. Um they have yet to find any survivors that I'm aware of. I think they only pulled out one kid at the very beginning, some five-year-old boy, but still nobody there. So um, super horrible. Um, it's like, I mean, it's weird to see, like, a modern building collapse like that in a modern city. But this, I think these specific um, these specific buildings known as Champlain Towers, I think they had, like, a history going back to, like, when they were constructed of having a ton of issues with inspections and shoddy craftsmanship and stuff like that. So it was like looking back on all that, you're, you know, you're kind of left saying like, well, it's sort of to be expected. Um, if you do want to see more uh, information about it um, inst- on Instagram, uh, if you just search Miami Dade fire rescue, their, uh, their page actually has a bunch of photos and videos of the whole rescue. Um, and then like, you know, building the, the tunnel underneath the, the, you know, the collapse structure, trying to find people. So um, in other, you know, super not exciting news, we had our first hurricane of the year, uh, Hurricane Elsa. And she was supposed to come and smack right into Miami-Dade County. Um, I think, when was it? It was Monday, I think. Yeah, it was Monday, right? Yeah. Uh, and she at the last minute, she was like, nope, I'm going to go around into the Gulf. I'm going to smack right into Tampa and then just shoot across the U.S., uh, I think she's over by like the Carolinas right now, or like a little north of them. Um I think by Sunday uh Hurricane Elsa is projected to be like I don't know, I think like somewhere south of of uh of Greenland or something like that. Um like way out in the in, in the Atlantic. Um but yeah, I mean first of the year, hopefully the only one. Um uh, but I know we are overdue for a big hurricane. I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, I mean uh, you know. Contrary to what you think about people that live down here in South Florida, people here still panic. You'd think that living down here, we'd all be pros, like we wouldn't be worried, and most of us aren't until it's like a Category Four or Five. But anything below that, like Category Three or below, um, we tend to not take super duper seriously. I mean, we obviously we get water, we get food, we get snacks, but it's more like hurricane parties for us. We just we just use it as an excuse to not go to work. But like Category Four and Five, that's when it gets scary. Category Five. Uh, Or, you know, Category 5 Plus, when they're particularly the strong, that gets everybody freaked out. So, hopefully we don't have any of those, but if we do, we do. Whatever, it is what it is. Uh, Other than that, let's see. um, Oh, so recently at work, I was helping some of my coworkers who have never used Airbnb before find an Airbnb uh, house because they want to go to Disney for the first time, so that's kind of interesting. And it turns out that some Airbnbs are ridiculously expensive. Um, I thought they'd be cheaper because of you know the whole pandemic and stuff but no nay it is not uh you know one of the, of the ladies i was helping she was telling me she's like i don't want to spend more than like 80 bucks a night and i was like okay that's fair and she was only going to be there for 3 nights so i started sorting by 80 dollars a night and i found a couple and she really liked them but then when you go to reserve and it shows you the whole price it's ridiculous. It was like, there were some that were like almost $450 for three nights. And it was because the cleaning fee is absurd. The cleaning fee is like 80 to eighty to $100. Um, and then there's just other miscellaneous fees that they can't really explain to you. So I was kind of like, all right, Airbnb. Either I'm going to have to send these people to, uh, to Verbo or VRBO, however the hell you say it. Or they're just going to have to go to a hotel. She found like a Best Western or something like that that was like for... I think all three nights or something was like $200 flat. I mean, it's obviously not going to be the cleanest thing in the known universe, but whatever. I guess you get what you pay for in that sense. So, it is what it is. In video game news, for those of you who have uh, played or currently playing uh, this game called Valheim, it's basically Minecraft, but with Vikings and, like, marginally better graphics. It's not, like, the greatest thing in the world, but it's pretty. Um, It's a damn sight prettier than Minecraft is. And they're so like essentially uh you play the part of a viking like you create a character and they drop you into this world called Valheim and you have to fight these um these bosses they're like i guess like enemies of the of the old gods or something like that i don't know i, I didn't really pay attention to the story cuz there's a building element where you get to just build structures whatever you want houses bridges um you know uh, towers, lighthouses, whatever you want. I mean, it's your imagination. There's no, like, blueprints for any of this stuff. You just figure it out as you go. But there's also, like, little, little monsters and stuff in the game that you can fight and stuff like that, and they give you resources. And normally it wasn't a problem until recently. Um, there was a... Um, there, there was a patch. I think it was patch uh, point or 0.155.7, basically the WTF patch. Um, quote... Gameplay-wise, this patch mostly fixes AI issues as we tried to make monsters slightly more aggressive and attack your buildings, etc., when they're not able to attack you. It's fun for the whole family. Also, it's midsummer here in Sweden, so we celebrate by temporarily making the Maypole buildable. The Maypole, by the way, if you don't know what it is, it's like a stick with a triangle at the top and two circles. Um, It's like a thing you can build in the game. It's kind of useless, but whatever. The problem was with the monsters. They made the monsters way, way too aggressive. Like, they were... They were throwing hands on sight. Whereas to before, they'd see you and be like, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to run away. Maybe you'll fight me. I don't know. Now they would fight you in gangs. And they were really getting aggressive with fighting the buildings. Like, I had a couple instances where I would be standing next to a monster in the game. It would look at me. It would acknowledge that I was there. And then just turn around and start attacking my house. And I'd, I'd smack the monster and it wouldn't react. Like, it'd lose health. And then it would just be like, ow, oh, excuse you. And keep attacking the house, and so that made a lot of people really upset. And some people started like leaving and not playing the game anymore because um, it was getting really obnoxious. Like you couldn't build anything anymore without it constantly being attacked or destroyed. And then finally, they came out with the fix patch, which is the latest one, patch one five six point two, um, and that was just a tiny AI tweak. Uh, basically, the devs, the developers, said that they heard you know everybody's complaints and they you know, told the monsters to chill out a little bit more. Um, now the tweak is that they're supposed to target us more often than the buildings, which makes more sense. Um, but they have to have a clear path um, to us and then they'll attack us. And if not, they'll attack low priority structures like walls and crap like that. So, um, you know, it de- generally is a quality of life improvement for the game. So let's see, what else do we have? Oh, and super duper important. It is T-minus three months, ladies and gentlemen, until our producer Millie's favorite holiday, Halloween. Speaking of Halloween, though, for those of you out there looking for a fun and spooky adventure, you can tour the real Conjuring House, a.k.a. the Arnold Estate, located in Rhode Island. It's $125 per person, and we're going to provide the link in the show notes. All right, And we might, I'll talk to Millie about it, Um, we might make a cool little Instagram post about it, because I'm pretty sure it's a cool-looking house um and we'll put like the link in the instagram post and stuff like that it should be fun i'm sure you guys will enjoy it that about covers our 10 items or less so for those of you that are here for the actual juice we're gonna get into our topic for today which uh, i titled it finding a sense of self from looking to the past just hear me out i know it sounds deep and like he's trying to be all intellectual and spiritual shut up just listen to me all right about Eh, Two or so months ago, I went and visited my parents for a weekend, and while I was there, we decided to go through old photos and memories that they had stashed away, as most parents do, especially if you're Hispanic. And aside from the photos, some of which I might share if all of you behave, was a giant bin full of old VHS tapes, and I was basically tasked with looking through the tapes and then you know digitizing them for our family records and enjoyment. They've basically made me like the family librarian at this point. But something occurred to me as I was rewinding the tapes and seeing parts of my, you know, childhood flash by in reverse because I'm trying to rewind these so I can start them from the very get-go. My memories and the memories of my family members, it's not the 100% unfiltered truth, all right? And most of you know that our memories are all imperfect. It happens. You know, we color or, you know, tint them, hence the term rose-colored glasses. Uh, And often we choose how to remember certain events, or even entire periods of our lives, a.k.a. the 90s, the best time ever. Uh, We add details that maybe weren't there, or even sometimes people or places that have either, I don't know, never existed or just weren't part of the factual account of that memory. So, you know, in thinking about that, I wanted to compare my memories of certain events and periods in my life with what I hope to find on those tapes. What I wanted to talk to you fine people about is being able to look at your own past objectively and recognizing that while, you know, the good moments weren't all as good as you tell yourself they were, the bad moments really weren't as bad either. All right? So let, let's get into this for a second. If someone wants to leave, by the way. All right. So, like I said, I was given a huge box of VHS tapes and a bunch of photos and stuff. And the photos were the first thing that I went through because it's easy. You know, um, I remember I was sitting down in front of my computer. I had it was a big, big, like giant plastic tote, like the kind of you buy, like a Target or, you know, container store or whatever. And it was all completely mixed up. Um, and so I decided, like, well, I'm going to separate all these photos into specific piles. So I was like, all right, I'm going to make one that's like my, like, the pile for family photos, I'm gonna make one that's for, like, friends of the family and acquaintances, I'm gonna make another one that was for, like, specifically for, like, people who I don't know, or I have no idea who anyone in these photos are, so now I can ask my parents about it later on, and in going through the family photos, a lot of it was, like, stuff that I, you know, I have vague memories of, because, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm 31, there's some photos in there of me when I was six seven eight years old um so we're talking 1996 through 1999 around there and it was just like you know photos of like a lot of it was just photos of like random moments like a photo my parents took of me while i was in the backyard with my sisters or in the pool with my you know with my cousins or whatever or me riding a bike in the front yard or something like i don't obviously remember that particular day um or what was happening but i like you know there's are artifacts in the photo that i I have fond memories of like this one red bicycle that I had um, and I remember thinking like before seeing that photo, if you asked me to describe that bicycle particularly and I didn't have like an affinity for that bike or it wasn't like, oh my God, it's the greatest gift I've ever got in my life, it wasn't like that, but if you had asked me to describe it before I saw the photo. I'm pretty sure I would have missed certain details or I would have confused certain things. I would have been like, oh, it's got a, I don't know, like a sticker of like a dinosaur on it or something like that. And in fact, it didn't. It was a sticker of like a black, like a bird, like a a hawk or an eagle or something like that. Or like the silhouette of one. Um, If you had asked me if the wheels, like the rims, were black or were they just like the regular polished aluminum... I don't know. I mean, I had a 50-50 chance of getting it right, but I didn't remember until I saw the photo and realized, oh, they were gloss black. And the whole theme was red and black. Um, if you had asked me, oh, did the bike have, like, the little foam protector in the center of the handlebar so you don't, you know, smash your teeth in or give yourself a concussion, I would have told you that I, I doubt it, but sure enough, there it is in the photo. There's the evidence. I mean, I can't argue it, Right. And so that got me thinking as I was going through the photos, I was like, man, I wonder how many of my memories of certain objects or locations or people or whatever are different from what I remember them being, you know, did I make things up or did I just fill in the blanks? Because obviously as you go through time, you only have a certain amount of space in your head and you only remember certain things. Most people remember the the high highs and the low lows, everything in, be, everything in between is just, man, it's just there, you know, like either you remember it or you don't, but it's not really that important, obviously. Um, and so I started to go through more and more of these pictures with that thought in mind, you know, like, man, how many, not, not so much like how how many things did I get wrong, but like, what are certain fond memories of mine that I feel like I remember them perfectly well and with a ton of detail and are there photos in here of those times or those people and it's going to show me that I was wrong and sure enough, I was, um, perfect example that comes up. I remember a um, like a uh, an older cousin of ours, um, and she is my she's my first or she's my second cousin's aunt. It's her mom's sister, and she was a huge part of my life growing up. Right, I was either I was either always in her house or her office or her apartment on the beach, or she was at our house, um, or she was at my cousin's house, and I would see her all the time. We saw her for all of our holidays: Thanksgiving, Christmas, my birthday. I mean, you name it, she was there. Right. Um, and she passed away when we were, when we were younger. Um, I don't remember how old I was. I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you. I think that I was, I want to tell you I was maybe between 16 and 18 years old. I think somewhere around there. Um, that period, at least in my life from about 15, 16 years old to when I was 18 or 19, a lot of family members passed away. Um, it was just that time. Like a lot of them got old. A lot of them got sick. I mean, it is what it is. That's life, Right. And I always remembered her having like really salt and pepper hair, but more on the salt side and less on the pepper side, right? So way more white than black. That's how I remembered her from being a little kid. And then I saw these photos of her with me as a little kid at that same time range, like in that same time frame. And it's the complete opposite. She had like almost jet black hair with like eh, a little sprinkling of white hair here and there, right? Right. So like a minute detail like that about someone's appearance that I was so convinced was true. And I was like, yes, 100%. That's exactly what this woman looked like. Nope, you got that part wrong. Everything else I got right, but you got that part wrong. So it's like little things like that. And so that, again, that colored my experience now looking at these photos. I was like, "Hmm, I wonder what else. Maybe there's a location. And then the opposite started to happen. And I was remembering certain locations, like my grandparents' house. And I spent a ton of time at my grandparents' (laughs) house. These are my mom's parents. And they essentially raised me as a kid. Um, I spent an absurd amount of time at their house. It was almost every afternoon after school. During the summer, I would be there almost all summer. Um, And I had this very definitive image of the front of their house. And all the plants and stuff that my grandmother had planted. And all the landscaping that they had done. And... Sure enough, I found photos and those photos of the front of their house with them posing in front of it confirmed that I was right. Like everything that I imagined in my head, as soon as I saw that photo, I was like, ah, yep, see, I remember those three trees being there. I remember the rows of you know bushes that they had um in the front, like leading like like lining their pathway to their front door, and I remember the color of their front door and everything. And in doing so. I was like, man, okay, so maybe I'm the type of person that I remember locations and details of locations more than I remember details of objects or, like, what people wear or the color of their hair or something like that. Which is strange because I've always had really, really good facial recognition. Like, I'm really, really good at picking people's faces out of a crowd, but there's something about locations, especially if I have, like, a, you know, like, a really, like, intense emotional tie to them, good or bad. You know, because like I said, you know, like I said earlier, we usually remember the 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 peaks and the and the valleys, the highs and the lows. Um, any you know any sort of positive or negative, um, you know, attribute of of a location is going to make me remember it, right? Like I'm sure I had a ton of negative, you know, uh, memories from from going to high school, but I could still walk like mentally, I could still walk you through the original layout of my high school, I mean, it's probably changed a little bit because they've added more buildings and I'm sure they've knocked some, you know, some down, but like the original layout from when I was there, I could walk you through it room for room, hallway for hallway, stairway, stairwell for stairwell. Um, I just remember the place really well, you know, same thing with my childhood home, same thing with my grandparents' house. Um, And then I started going through some of the VHS tapes. And I'm only like three VHS tapes, tapes in. I mean, the the box that my parents gave me is enormous. It probably has like 25, maybe 30 videotapes in there. Um And the first one was titled My Parents' Wedding. Um, and I think they got married like 84, 85 maybe, around there. I don't know. They got married a long time ago. And... I was rewinding the tape because I guess someone had watched it. Whoever had, had watched it last had gotten like, a, like three quarters of the way through the tape, and so it wasn't even like when I started it, it wasn't even on my parents. Uh, it wasn't even on my parents' wedding. It was like some like beach trip or something like that that I guess they took after the wedding or later. I don't even remember because I wasn't born yet. I wouldn't be born until eighty nine, and it was funny because I was like watching it and I'm looking at at like the apartment that they're in in the beach and I and I kind of recognize it a little bit not too much but I recognize the place and like a couple days later um or no like the, I think the day after I went to my uh I went to my cousin's office we went to go talk to her and do some paperwork or whatever and I'm telling her about it and she's like oh isn't that the apartment the beach apartment in Pompano I was like the beach apartment in Pompano she's like yeah they're like our our you know our parents and my parents um used to have this uh, this beach apartment in Pompano, and they would go there you know, on weekends or during summer or spring break or whatever and just enjoy, um, so they wouldn't have to go to Miami Beach or anything, because Miami Beach has always been a disaster. Um, and uh, it was like, wow, damn, you remember that. I, I described to her what the apartment looked like and who was sitting in it in the 80s before she was born and before I was born, and she immediately knew where I was talking about, and she started being like, oh, and this chair and that chair. Yep, that's the one. She's like, "Yeah, that's Pompano." So I was like, "Oh, so I'm not the only one that does this, right?" Which is great. Um, and then I saw another tape, and this, you know, I'm going to limit this one because I'm I'm going to get emotional if I go any further, um, you know, talking about this specific tape. But there was another tape that was labeled uh, Puerto Rico trip 1998. Now, quick background: in I think it was 1998 or 1999 my uncle, my mom's brother got married in Puerto Rico. And it was the first time that I'd ever left, you know, like the United States um, and got on a plane and got to, and went somewhere. And it was my mom, myself and my two sisters. And we went to Puerto Rico for the wedding. And I think we were there for like 10 days. I think I'd have to ask her. It felt like we were there for a really long time. Um, but I think it was like anywhere from seven to 10 days. Cause we wanted to have a vacation. And I think we did it during summer specifically for that reason. And we went to Puerto Rico, and, you know, we had a great time. We stayed at my uncle's place. Um And I'm watching this video, and it's, like, I, I remember, I know my grandparents were there for the wedding. And I know that we spent time with them while we were in Puerto Rico. I have photos, like, to prove it. And I guess this video is my grandparents and my uncle and aunt driving around puerto rico after they picked them up from the airport taking them to the house before we got there because they must have been there for i think they like my grandparents got there for a bit and then stayed afterwards for a little bit um just to spend time in, in pr and my grandfather passed away when i was i think 16, 16 or 17 years old and him and i had a great relationship. we were super close i was closer to him than i was to my parents um and he passed away from from cancer. He had lymphoma. He had he had gotten colon cancer a few years before. He beat it, and then he got lymphoma. And they were like, "Nah, yo, that's ain't nobody coming back from that one." Uh, and so we were kind of like, all right, you know, we put him in, uh, we put him in a nursing home, and we would go visit him all the time. Like we were there multiple days out of the week, and on weekends, like we spent a lot of time with him. And eventually, you know, he passed away. It, it's nature, unfortunately, but it dawned on me as I was watching this video that like, I was like, you know, any minute now I'm going to hear my grandfather's voice and I haven't heard him speak since I was a kid. Like, I don't even remember what he sounded like. I don't have, I I didn't have a memory in my head. Like I didn't have a a voice recording in my head of what he sounded like, you know, when I've dreamt of him before he's never spoken. And I think that's probably because my brain at the time was like, I don't know what he sounds like. haven't heard that voice in a while. But what was funny was, like, my grandma shows up in the video first, and she passed away July 4th of uh, 2020. Um, she was, I mean, ancient. Grandma was, like, what, like, 95, 94, around there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, she, this lady was old. As we say in Spanish, like, como una hierba mala? she can't die. She's like she's like a weed. You can't kill her. Um, <laughs> But she had this very, like, I wouldn't call it iconic because she wasn't like a celebrity, but I guess that's the only word I can think of to describe her laugh. And it was very high-pitched, and it it didn't sound like anybody else's laugh. And, man, I got to tell you that as soon as she started laughing in that video, like, I was having a moment. Like, I was having an emotional crisis because it had been years since I had heard her laugh or her voice. And, you know, unfortunately, she had had gotten Alzheimer's very early on in her life, like I want to say in maybe like her late 60s. Um, and you know, like we, you know, as her, as her family, we endured it with her, you know, we had to go through watching her go through the stages of Alzheimer's and dementia and then dealing with things like sundown syndrome and her getting confused. And then, you know, the whole nightmare of like, after my grandfather died and her asking like, Hey, where's Frank? I mean, like, Oh shoot, well, we got to lie to her. Um, which is obviously preferable to telling her the truth every, you know, every day when she asks, but, um, it was just, it was, it was surreal. That's really the best way I can describe it. It was surreal, like, seeing them on tape. Also, side note, all emotion aside, and I was mentioning this to Mills when we were watching, because she was in the in the room watching the, the videos with me. Camcorders were really, really high quality. Like, they produced some seriously surprising quality video uh, back then. Like, we were looking at it and being like, yo, this shit's in, like, super high def, man. Like, you can see all details. Anyways, um... So, yeah, it was just, like I said, it was surreal hearing their voices again for the first time since I was a teenager. And I I wasn't ready. Like, I really wasn't. Um, and w- oh, Granted, we had somewhere to go. But I just was like, okay, I'm going to pause here. And I'm going to get up and go get dressed. Because otherwise, I'm going to be in a glass case of emotion for the rest of the night. And I can't do that. You know, I have things. I have responsibilities I have to take care of. And I can always come back to the tape. Um, but, like... There, again, it was like seeing my my uncle's property in Puerto Rico. I have memories of being there. And I feel like I, I felt like I remember what it looked like. But then like when I saw the video, it was like, oh, okay. That building was pink, not orange. I remember it being a more orangey like coral color. And it wasn't. It was like a faded pink color. Um, so, you know, like, uh, it's, it's, again, that's what I was saying. Like, you start to find a sense of self when you look to the past, of like, oh, oh, okay, so like, this is how I perceive things, you know, and of course, those were really happy memories for me, so I picture my entire time in Puerto Rico being this like, super sunny, beautiful tropical paradise, and all the colors are super bright, and vibrant and stuff like that, and the reality is that it's not, it was like any other place, you know, there was crap weather some days, I'm sure it rains, and it was cloudy and windy while we were there, and clearly the building that I was staying in his house was not as brightly colored and beautiful as I thought it was, or as my memories told me that, that it was. Um, but yet when they're filming and they go inside the different little apartments, I was surprised because I remembered a lot of like the photos and the furniture and the color of the walls and stuff like that. And that stuff remained the same. Like my memory was fairly spot on considering how young I was. Um, And I'm sure this process is going to continue. I still have, like I said, I still have like 25 or 30 videotapes in there that, you know, in total, I still probably have 20 or 20, I mean, 23 or 24 more to go or something like that. Um, And who knows what's on there? It might be stuff that was before I was born, you know, Uh, but it's an interesting exercise and I I highly recommend it. You know, if if it's something that you think will make you happy um, or that you enjoy doing, like looking back at, at, at certain things, do it you know look at old photos look at videos you know things like that and and really get into the habit of confronting your memory sometimes good or bad but confront them because it's it's healthy uh, I, w- I i'm happy that i have videos like video video evidence of who my grandparents were and what they looked like and what they sounded like cuz unfortunately over time yes you can have photographs but it's different, a, like a still photograph is completely different from seeing somebody moving on, on video, because for a moment they're, they're kind of alive again, you know, and that's nice, it's it's, it's a nice thing to see them again um, but it, it goes, like, it, it really does go back into confronting, like, that sense of self, in that like seeing them moving around and like talking and laughing and making jokes and all that bullshit, it confirms for me that they are still or well, the people in my memory, right, like the way I describe my grandparents and my uncle and all those people in my head, that's the truth like and i have I have proof of it, right, so that means that my memory isn't screwed, yeah, a little skewed, obviously that's that's not uncommon for a lot of people, but it's the truth. And that was kind of important to me, and that's why I figured, like, oh, that'd be a cool, interesting topic to talk about with everybody. Not to get too in depth with you guys, obviously, but just something interesting to talk about. So, but that—that's a wrap on that topic. I didn't want it to get too deep or too long, because obviously, <laughs> sorry for the pun. Um, I don't want it to get, you know, any, any more intense than that. Just figured it'd be something interesting to talk about. But because you know, I'm a polite host, and I want to give you guys time to do the things that you want to do. This is about the part, this is, yeah, this is right around when you guys are going to go get snacks and go pee, maybe commit an act of road rage if you're listening to this, you know, in traffic. But anyways, go do those things, and when we come back, we're going to have a word from our sponsors and go into the end of the show. All right, so y'all can wrap up and go about the, the rest of your day, all right? So we'll be back in a second. Hi, folks. I'm sure, I'm pretty positive that some of you have heard about Anchor. But if you haven't, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Simply download the free anchor app or just go to anchor.fm to get started. Also, you can listen to our podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash the dairy aisle, and you can find us on Instagram at the Dairy Isle. Yay! A poopy. We've had we've had a poop done in our studio. A poopy. Mid-record mid-recording. Molly decided to just take a fucking dump right in the middle. That's what Molly thinks of my episode. Can't believe her. Molly, if you didn't like it, you could have just barked. That that seems excessively rude. But you know what? I like the energy, Molly. I think next time my boss says something I don't like, I'm just going to drop my fucking pants right in the middle of the office and just take a poop right there on the ground. Be like, nope, that's what I think about what you're saying. All right. So... Now we're going to get you folks ready for weird news. In this segment, we'll share some odd and strange weird news from around the world. Something fun, sometimes something weird, but nothing really to be taken too seriously. And not to be left out, of course. This episode's weird news comes from Florida, my home state. Oh, how I wish you would just, I don't know, secede from the union or something. Jesus Christ. Anyways, so, as most of you know, because of the pandemic... A lot of court hearings have had to happen through Zoom. That's been sort of the, the, the software of choice for the Justice Department um, here in our state. And, well, you know, weird things have happened in Florida Zoom court hearings. And naturally, Miami doesn't disappoint. They don't want to be left out. Uh, we were reading that Miami Herald reporter David Ovale has been using his Twitter to keep track of the unusual sights and sounds in Miami's virtual courtrooms. And now that Miami-Dade courthouses are set to reopen on June 28th, well, actually, they already opened. I'm sorry. Yep. Sorry, July 8th. They've been open since the 10th. And you know what? I know they've been open since June 28th, but I'm pretty sure some courts are still going to be doing, like, virtual court appearances, if they can help it, just to, you know, keep the amount of people there minimum. But court hearings are basically, like, the Zoom court hearings are going to become less and less frequent as time goes on. But... This is a sampling of some of the lunacy that we've had to deal with here in Miami. Um, First, and this should surprise literally no one, a Miami nurse broadcast her butt injection while in court. Uh, It was written that a nurse was waiting for her case to be brought before the judge and had her camera on, and yep, everyone saw her injecting a needle into a patient's butt. Now this is peak 305. And it garnered national attention and will probably never be beaten by anything ever in terms of Zoom court hearings. So, you know, that's always fun. Uh, Next up was a dentist's visit. And we're not entirely sure what it is about virtual hearings that makes people want to turn on their cameras and leave them on during a medical procedure. But this person gave everybody there a front row seat to their teeth cleaning. And of course, of course it did. It inspired dad jokes in the comment section. Some of them are, and you'll be surprised to hear none of these. Do you swear to tell the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth? (laughs) Don't laugh. (laughs) You can't handle the tooth! You can't handle the tooth! (sighs) Why do I leave her in the studio with me? Oh, I think I know why. (laughs) Because otherwise she'd hurt me. Apparently, this person knows the drill. So, you know, really fun, just harmless jokes. Um, And uh, there's some more. Now, there's some stuff that's left, or best left for the privacy of your home. Um, And, well... I'm sure you've heard of Zoom bombers. Um, They interrupt online classes and even courtrooms here in Florida. Uh, As an example, a virtual court hearing in Tampa last year was frequently interrupted with rap music, movie dialogue, and shouting. The judge actually had to temporarily shut down the hearing when all of the participant screens were taken over by pornography. The hearing was actually for a 17-year-old teenager who had hacked into Twitter to impersonate prominent accounts, including Bill Gates, Kim Kardashian, and even former President Barack Obama, as part of his cryptocurrency scam. A similar incident involving pornography also occurred last year in Leon County during a hearing regarding mask usage. And in Tallahassee, somebody Zoom-bombed a hearing with an actual striptease. Music started playing out of the box with my name, and some male figure starts doing a striptease and taking off his clothes. I'm going frantic. It was my first Zoom bomb, and it was the and it was my name on the screen. Miami-based election lawyer Benedict Coo- Cuquaini, I think that's how you say it, Cuquin, told my, the Miami New Times. I had to apologize to the judge and say, "Your Honor, that wasn't me." Uh, other than that, I mean, listen, South Florida courts have basically seen as many Zoom mishaps as you can imagine, and some of them have gone far beyond bad audio or Wi-Fi issues. Uh, Kids messing with their parents' virtual backgrounds, as I'm sure some of us have seen. Um, But some of the sites that they've, you know, that Miami New Times has documented have been barking dogs. Uh, There was a shirtless man appearing in a mirror behind a witness once. A woman applying her eyelashes in a bathroom. And even a Miami man with a screen name called Big Meat Daddy holding up a sign with a phone number and obscene phrases. Uh, there was also a twerking big butt that also reportedly Zoom bombed a court hearing battle against the city of Cora Gables regarding the construction of a Wawa gas station. I don't know why you'd want to fight against that. Um, and who knows? Maybe the Zoom bomber was inspired by the North Miami man who in 2016 spontaneously began twerking in the middle of bombed court. Because that's what you do when you're in bond court. You just start shaking that ass, girl. Um, for those of you wondering what Big Me Daddy said, um, I'm not going to say it on this podcast, but... Are you sure? We kind of want this to be a family-friendly podcast, don't we? Yeah, well, I'm in danger again? Jesus Christ. The danger never ends with her. (laughs) Blink twice if you need help. All right, so the message that Big Meat Daddy had written on a post-it note and put up to the camera said, Text me if you got a fat, and that's fat with a PH, P-U dollar sign dollar sign Y exclamation mark. So not only... Can he not spell? He also wants you to follow him on his IG winky face at, and he actually wrote winky Face. It wasn't typed. He, wrote, he hand wrote this. So the man's got skill. He wrote the winky face. So, you know, that's always fun. Way to go, Big Me Daddy. And now for the final segment of tonight's show, we will be reading from what used to be called the book of questions. <laughs> Our wonderful, our wonderful producer decided to rename it, and I can't believe that she thought that she was creative in this. The Book of Eli, ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause. She's thanking the Academy right now. I don't know the Academy of what, but the Academy of bad ideas, apparently, the Academy of D's. Uh huh. <laughs> I get to live with send help. All right, so we're gonna read from the book of questions. Ready? Here we go. Let's let's find a good page. Uh, aha! Here we go. All right. Wow. No, that one's so sad. Let's find something else. Uh, let me see. Yada yada yada. There's got to be a good one around here somewhere. Aha! Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, here we go. How do you react when people sing "Happy Birthday" to you in a restaurant? Okay, we we as as a community, as a nation, as a species, we need to talk about this. We need to sit down, sit down. We need to talk. I swear to everything holy. That if we ever go out, and it just so happens to be my birthday, and you have the bright idea to tell one of the waiters, waitresses, front of house, anybody, the janitor. Be like, yo, that guy over there, the really good looking one with the long hair, it's his birthday. Can you guys come and embarrass him and sing? I promise you we're fighting in the parking lot. Like you're going to catch hands 100%. Do you know how awkward that is? Cause yeah, the rest of you are having fun, being like, "Hey, we're making you feel awkward," and I have to sit there like an asshole. What do I do? What what? I can't sing along. That's weird. Who sings along to their own happy birthday? song? I'm kind gonna of sociopath. Are you? But also, you don't clap like because then it's done, and then there's clapping. What am I supposed to do with the clapping? I feel like Ricky Bobby. What do I do with my hands? I, I don't. Just don't do it. Don't. I react by freezing completely. Um and going into a fight or flight mode. And it usually involves fighting. So, I'm, I mean, as you can tell, I'm a blast to hang out with. Um, I avoid this completely by not celebrating my birthday. So, you know, for me, a birthday is just another day of the week. <laughs> Suck it, nerds. You'll never get me. <laughs> but seriously, though, ask yourselves, how do you react and we'll, I'll see if I can convince the producer to actually listen to me this time. And we'll make that like a little poll or a question that you can answer on the, uh, on the Instagram, I also hate it. on the old IG. You hate it too? Yeah. That's because... I, mean, I don't mind celebrating my birthday sometimes. I know that you don't mind celebrating your birthday, but, but the question is how do you react when people sing happy oh, birthday to you at a restaurant? I sing it back to them. It's also your birthday. Happy birthday, bitch. Like, <laughs> I don't know. How have we been together so long? Patience. All right, everybody. That's it for our show. Have a great night. Bye. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, seriously. Though, that's it for the show, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening to me babble on about nonsense as I usually do. I hope it helped. So be safe, be kind, and please, for the love of God, use your indicators. Okay, please. I love you all. Have a great morning, noon, or night. Oh, did I? Oh, God. Did I leave the oven on? Oh no, hold on.